0: Guitar is safe. what is up plugging in for you today folks is mrs. Smith you have never met a guitar player quite like Mrs. Smith silver-haired jewelry rattling New York City socialite and guitar shredder Mrs. Smith got her to start busking you know portable amp on the streets of New York paying some dues and since then she not only has been seen playing guitar and literally walking on water in a Gucci commercial, well, an extended commercial, really more of a short film. She has also challenged one of the most famous and powerful guitar shredders in the history of heavy metal to a live on stage guitar competition of sorts. And it happened. He accepted. We're going to hear how that went. Speaking of heavy metal, Mrs. Smith survived a traumatic ordeal in the Northern European metal scene. But she is able to talk about it and kind of relate what happened and talk about any redemptions and silver lining from that. Although the story does have quite literally a very fiery conclusion. We'll get to that. Also, this episode should really put to rest any rumors. I mean, there haven't been ton of them, but there's been a couple rumors out there floating that Mrs. Smith is actually Steve Vai in disguise, that he was masking his fame to sort of live out some sort of experimental alter ego. Well as you're gonna find out those were just rumors. Interesting topic though. One reason that myth may have started is because Mrs. Smith's main instrument is an original floral pattern Ibanez Steve Vai gem that she shreds on, you know, with the fabric top. Those are coveted guitars. You're about to hear that guitar in action. Anyway, I had a great great time hanging with Mrs. Smith. She's very funny, insightful, has interesting views on, you know, what it means to be an internet guitar player in 2020. And she takes a few friendly, funny digs at Guitar Player Magazine, which I thought were hilarious. By the way, as has been often the case, Guitar Player Magazine is our sponsor today, bringing you this great hang with Mrs. Smith, Guitar Player, and GuitarPlayer.com. Play better, sound better. Yeah, Mrs. Smith, quite a character. She says she loves all cats and some people. I hope I'm on that list. You don't want to be on the other list. And she's on the show to play a bunch of guitar for you and also to put out the word for her lost cat, Carlisle. If you've seen Carlisle, you know, help a sister out. He's been missing for quite some time. And she's really on a mission to let you know that she feels rock guitar needs more of the wild energy that it once had, that it's gotten a bit too grandma she says more grandma than I am to quote her that was funny also I will mention that mrs. Smith is kind of a visual experience too so I'm gonna put up as many little clips and and little video stuff from this interview and other stuff that she has done on the no guitar safe Facebook page as well as my Jude gold YouTube Instagram and Twitter pages along with clips of course of so many other guitar players I've interviewed over the years 20 years of interviews, all kinds of stuff up there. Five years of No Guitar Is Say. The guitar show where guitar heroes plug in. By the way, next week we're going to Greece where guitar hero Gus G will plug in for us. He played lead guitar for Ozzy Osbourne for years and he has a new Firewind album out. So get ready for many great stories and lots of brutal, epic shredding from Gus G. On a more serious tip here, chronologically, this guitar hang with Mrs. Smith occurred... Just hours before the police killing of George Floyd, and obviously before the weeks of countrywide protests that followed. I mean, as you know, if you heard the last episode with the great, amazing guitar player from Pink, longtime lead guitar player Justin Jericho, yeah, an actual protest came right by the front door of No Guitar Safe World headquarters here in L.A. So while the last three weeks of this country have been super intense, Mrs. Smith and I obviously don't go into that stuff on this conversation, That said, I will mention another reason I have respect for Mrs. Smith is that she really seems to speak up online for what she believes in regarding the type of world she wants to live in, although of course most of the topics are guitar and cats. But yeah, she does not suffer fools gladly, I'll tell you that. I sincerely hope that everything we've been going through, and the blues, man, this country has got the blues bad. I just hope that everything we've been going through increases awareness of the History of racism and the present state of racism in the US, and that it leads to significant improvements in the struggle against it somehow. I mean, let all of this bring us together. Listen to each other, everybody. I am Jude Gold. Thanks for listening to No Guitar Is Safe. If you're a new listener, be sure to spin the previous 115 episodes which by my calculations you can do if you listen for 8 hours a day for approximately 16 days in a row. Piece of cake. Alright, let's fire this thing up and see if we can fly it all the way over to New York City and hang out with Mrs. Smith.
1: No, the time is safe.
2: I'm here with Golden Tones, the Gold Tones podcast. Mrs. Smith, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Who's that? Well, this is a, um, of course, this is only a representation of my cat, Carlisle. Uh, He's been missing for two and a half years last Tuesday, but I try to keep people looking for Carlisle. So there he is. (laughs) A good, stuffed representation, but not
0: taxidermized. That was just a stuffed animal.
2: Yes, and it's very important to make clear to people this is a representation. This is the object itself. Because when you start to muck about with those categories, you go to the psychiatric hospital. <laughs> what do you have more of, cats or guitars or grandkids? I have, I have more. I have no grandkids. No grandkids. I have no. I'm. I'm. You know, it just never happened. Kids never happened. So grandkids never happened. Mm. I have guitars. I have one, two, three, four, five. Six, six guitars. <laughs> nice. Five Ibanezes, and then I have a um, a Fender acoustic, which I rather like. What are you holding right there today? This is a this is a classic, a modern classic. This is known as the um flower guitar, and it's got a handle like a purse, which is why I love it so because <laughs> I can just kind of hold like this. Um, it's got flowers. Which remind me of my sitting room. And then it's got electric pink pickups by DiMarzio. This is All an right. Ibanez guitar, and they don't make it anymore. So this is rather old. I found it in a closet in Norway. Um, and it right. causes a great deal of confusion, this guitar. I don't tend to play it so much anymore. I'm more in favor of a... I have a gold uh, RG that doesn't have a purse handle. Do you think that Steve Vai is into purses
0: or something? Because he, I know that he had a role in designing the gem, obviously.
2: he 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 made this guitar, but he made a lot of them. And so one of them ended up in Norway in a closet. I ended up in a closet in Norway, groping in the darkness. I had been... The whole reason of this whole... All of this, this I know it doesn't match, but the whole reason of this is uh, in the 90s, I was kidnapped and held for ransom by a Norwegian death metal band, and I suffered the Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, well, I was going to ask you about this,
0: but it's not too traumatic of a subject to uh, bring up. Are you okay with talking
2: about this? I have done so much about this. Let me just change the lighting to match the topic. There, I made it red.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's great to see you. I love this. You emerged from that and now have an Upper East Side suite penthouse. There, that's fantastic. well. I'm,
2: you know, I'm not in the Upper East Side these days. But thank you. I, I uh-huh. do have an, an apartment on the Upper East Side, and I'm in Brooklyn these days. I got this Airbnb. To help a young artist friend, um, I patronize him, and now that we're basically roommates, I have to work really hard to not patronize him so much because he says, "Please stop it, stop condescending to me." <laughs> but I, I start, I rented it as like I want to help you. He needed help. I wanted to support him. He's very helpful to me, and so I got this Airbnb, and then coronavirus. And now I'm stuck here, so I'm just kind of getting settled. You just recovered from being, you
0: know, kidnapped and and locked up in Norway, and now you're locked up again. I'm curious. I was going to say, I'm curious, how did your guitar evolution, because obviously I would think they kidnapped you for your guitar skills. When did you start playing guitar?
2: No, they kidnapped me because I was married to a marshmallow magnate, and it was all a ransom thing. It was all money. It was money. They were trying to fund their album. And I learned the guitar in the closet. It was the only way for oh. me to survive. And then I joined I the band, and we had an amazing, very short-lived, it was like a burst, amazing short-lived career. Um, and then they died in a blaze of glory. Not my fault, and I won't take responsibility for it. Um <laughs> And then and then it was over and I came back to the United States and I kept living my life. Okay, wait, wait, wait. And I Sh- just
0: show us one of the riffs that they forced you to play. Now that's a bridge too far. That's that, a bridge too does far. Does that bring up too much emotions?
2: It does and I I did I did d- definitely get good at that kind of like But I said to them, can we get a little more groove, a little more pop, a little more R&B? This is sort of monotonous. There's this constant, you know, and they wanted me to tune down to um, C sharp, 10 below, C sharp. Yeah. And so, and I was like, this actually can't be heard. This can't, these, these can't be heard. And they were like, well, the devil can hear it. <laughs> there were a lot of disagreements. And so I got them going in more of a funky pop direction, which is why they got popular and why they hated me. And, uh, and then it was over. And I came back to the United States, I didn't want anything to do with the guitar, I went back to my life, and it wasn't until about, I guess, three or four years ago that I began to play again, because I was absolutely destitute.
0: Well, I'm fascinated with this, because I've been to Norway, one of the most wonderful countries, and I love Northern Europe, and, and you don't really think about people suffering such a violent, traumatic thing, being kidnapped a... What was it like? I imagine you must have played some thrash metal shows, but you have like this incredible beehive hair and multiple strings of pearls and huge rings on your fingers. What's it like playing death metal with all these
2: accoutrements? Well, I adopted what what I called a death witch persona named Freya. So I had put branches in my hair, and I was wearing bones, and kind of, I would, shattered diamonds, black diamonds, and I would take, uh, you know, um... I had severe eye makeup, you know, very like powerful, blood red lips, and um, it was quite seductive. And um, and with as with everything, you have to practice with it. So if you are going to go out there on this, is for your um, your listeners, and and I just want to say it, it means a lot to me uh, as a guitar professional. You could say. To finally be associated with the Uppity guitar magazine. You yeah. know, I just it means a lot to me, so thank you. Thank that reminds
0: you. me, folks, this is brought to you today by Guitar Player Magazine and guitarplayer.com. I think that's what you're referring to. Guitar Player, play better, sound better, fantastic guitar journalism since nineteen sixty seven. I hope that's the magazine you were referring to. Guitar player! Uh <laughs> read by people who actually like Eric Clapton. Now the thing about you that's so spectacular is is you used to busk on the street a lot, and maybe you still do. And you've since then, you have been in a Gucci ad, you've been featured in Rolling Stone, you've been in the New York Times, you were in America's Got Talent, and recently, which I can't wait to hear about, you had a full guitar death match with Metallica's Kirk Hammett. So you've really come a long way, but can we just go back to that closet in Norway for a second, and what were some of the first exercises or something that got you, because you have amazing skills. What did you start off on?
2: And then you get into. But most importantly. I sang along with what I was playing. No way. (laughs) (laughs) So I begin fundamentals. Yeah. Right? You've got to learn the major scale, then the modes of the major scale. I didn't know what they were, but I knew they were there. Major, Dorian, Phrygian. They liked the Phrygian. My mind is clear now you know. love, and then you get Lydian. You know, you got mix Lydian. You got to get all that the chords. All your yeah. open chords, all your arpeggios. But when you're trapped in a closet in Norway for 3 months, think about yeah. how much time that is. Right. Now 3 months here with the quarantine, you can go outside with the mask on. Right. Better have that mask on. You can just dis- you can have Netflix, you can distract yourself with um Whatever. I had nothing else but the guitar groping in the darkness, picture total darkness, and all you hear is. Right. And so I had to look. Le- now, and there were cassettes and a little mm-hmm. cassette player and so there was but I didn't know what any of this music was and there was a flower guitar there were some books but I could barely make it out I had to l- turn it in the darkness right. but I saw little bits of, of, of understanding and of course they were playing through the wall so wow. it, I I just had to piece it all together and of course I was filled with rage filled with rage <laughs>
0: I love some of your uh, arpeggio, I mean, your sweep arpeggios, too. You get some blazing stuff happening in some of your shred videos that I've seen.
2: Now, your viewers are pretty, you know, highfalutin types. They can they can pay for lessons, and, <laughs> you know, they, they, they own, you know, uh, Gap Tooth Joe's 1952 Stratocaster, <laughs> you know, from Norman's Rare Guitars. So they're pretty highfalutin. But I will say that um, let's talk about two shapes. The two easiest shapes that are arpeggios. Now one of them I call the C shape. Now we all know C. We all learned C, probably the right. first chord that we learned. I didn't learn it, I invented it in there. I just went I was picking things out. I had to invent yeah. all of music. But so we know the C, right? Yeah. Now we also know the A. Right? The right. open chord, the A, right? Right. Okay. So now what if we were to just move that up, okay? Let's go to the, uh, the A, the octave of A
0: on the A string, okay? Right, but you're in a you're playing the C chord, so your hand is at the ninth
2: position. Your first finger's at the ninth fret. That's right. That's right. Ninth fret. That's right. The first finger's at the ninth fret. And the, my pinky is on that octave of A. And we're just going to make that A chord. We can make it as a chord, right? We know that. We know that shape, right? Now we can also. And what we're doing with the picking hand is we're just, it's a slow strum. It's almost like a strum. You're just, da, 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 yep. da. it falls downstairs. It just falls from string to string. Da, 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 da. Right? Yeah. Now, the real challenge is to turn around. How do we turn around? And Frank Gambali talks about this odd number strings, even number strings. Now, for myself, I go up. And then I hammer on and pull off. And then I pick the next string down, down, down. Up, 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 up. Hammer on, pull off. Yeah. Upstroke, upstroke, upstroke. Down, 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 down. Hammer on, pull off. Right? Yeah. Very cool. Now you can also add this F sharp. Yeah, now you've got like an F sharp minor sound. Yes. So now, we're going to play this, and then we're going to slide up to A on the E string. And we're wow. going to pull off and go down the A shape.
0: Right, like an open A chord.
1: Right, so it goes... Right? Right? <laughs>
2: I just made a major uh, major seven which you can do as well you could go right. major seven arpeggios are the best of all. If That's they awesome. want to learn that, they have to contact me for a lesson. <laughs> I'm not giving away so much for free. So a great place to follow you, of course, is and, and, and connect with you is on
0: Instagram, smithcatmrs. That's smithcatmrs on Instagram. Thank you. Like I said, does any of that jewelry and the watches and the multiple layers and the petticoats and the,
2: and the this and the that and the accoutrements... Well, I've learned. I did have a string of pearls get jammed up into the whammy bar once. This whole thing just came flying out of the guitar. Luckily, it was the end of a performance. (laughs) I don't have many pearls on right now. I thought I'd keep it minimal. (laughs) Usually, I like to have a lot. You have a great album uh, introducing Mrs.
0: Smith online at all the available spots, like Spotify, etc. You got the Cat Jam. There's a really interesting song that maybe I want to start with called the Midnight in the Garden of the Miku pedal.
2: Tell us, how did you get that sound on that song? This is a analog, I believe analog, um, pedal for the guitar called the Miku pedal. Hatsun Miku is a vocaloid anime character and she's a pop star and she does dance music and Korg in a either brilliant or absolutely foolhardy move made a guitar pedal for this character which makes no sense because this is a techno character electronic dance music. It didn't sell very well. And in fact, it was mocked uh, almost universally. And I decided to buy one and try to write some music with it. It, it, Online, people had proclaimed it to be totally unmusical. And so I took up the challenge and made a piece of music with it. Now, this can't be used live. I'll tell you why. I mean, unless you're doing something outside of a tempo. There's a latency issue. It's not MIDI. So it doesn't track with your playing. So I came up with this... Melody on the spot. I plugged into it, and as soon as I heard the the voice singing, I went nah. came right out of me. But then I had to record it and match it to the click. You understand? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Moving so around. but you can work with it. And then came the orchestrations and the drums and the symphonies and it was such a wonderful exploration and then the music video which you can show the music video I'll send it to you fantastic so that was a great um, my first real piece of music that I recorded into a computer and I thought I can do this myself I don't need a record contract I don't need a technician and so I did produce that album almost exclusively in my own computer fantastic there's other blazing jams
0: on there like the Bob Ross technique. Despite
1: nature, creatures. Respect nature, creatures. Respect nature, creatures. Respect nature, creatures.
0: Great solo on that.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I can show this if you wish. So this is built this is built around a kind of a kind of little machine that I came up with, okay? Where you This is sort of that that kind. Of, this is a minor shape. Right. Yeah, you could call it B minor, you could call it E minor. I don't really know. It's going with an open E, an E5. Yeah. So it's... It's kind of a minor 7, I guess. Right? Yeah. And then the chord goes up. Just goes up a half step. So then this goes... It's kind of a major shape here, like a sus 4, maybe. Yeah. Phrygian? Yes, we're in Phrygian. Phrygian. Then it goes goes up a whole step, so then it goes. This is a little different. Right? And then it goes down a half step. And so fully. And then I do a, a little double tap. So I knew that I wanted this kind of impressing oppressive sounding thing. I wrote the song because I was in a guitar shredder concert with um Andy James and Scale the Summit and Angel Vivaldi. I was the opening act. This is when not a lot of people knew me. And I had my little set that I would do of cover tunes because I love to do interpretations. And I love to do cover tunes. I had Cat Jam, which I had written <laughs> But I thought, I need a real heavy metal shred song. I need something that's going to be really cool. And so I wrote the Bob Ross technique. I wrote the riff. I love this. I just like moving these chords, these chords around. And it's always modulating. It's not holding into any one key. There's some chromaticism in there. And so that became interesting to come up with melodies for it. And my technique was to sing, the, sing over the rhythm part, to not yeah. try to pick it out on the guitar because you would get, get stuck in a shape and it won't fit. So I played it um, at that show and people liked it. And I just continued to improve it and expand it and work on it. And then it got into the album and we put together a very fun music video. Now, did I hear some Wawa pedal?
0: Yeah. Tell me what possessed you to challenge the mighty and dangerous Kirk Hammett from Metallica to a Wawa contest and, and what happened at the contest and what was it all about and how did it go down? Were you scared? I gotta hear about this day.
2: Well, um, now, I'm, I'm an abuser of the wah-wah pedal, and I was asked, I'm, I, I really can't keep my foot off of it, especially if I have an auto-wah. If it's the click-wah, I'm kind of like, do I want to tangle with that click button? Right. I never know if it's on. I never know if it turns off when I click it off. Then I'm thinking about a button when I should be thinking about which note to play next. Do I really want to deal with that in my life right now on stage? But if I've got an auto wah, boy, I can't keep my foot off of it. And an interviewer asked me, do you think that guitarists use the wah-wah pedal as a crutch? Now, wait a second. You're talking about the wah-wah pedals that Dunlop makes
0: where they're spring-loaded. So you, the second you touch it, it turns on. Yes, like, and Dunlop Dunlop are not the only ones who make right, them. Right, Morley. Morley makes them. and I love those, too. You know another thing, Mrs. Smith... What's i love that? I love that they start on the base end. So when you want to, you sneak into the
2: wah because the second you touch it exactly. yes, there's a ninety five q, which Dunlop makes. yeah, that's what I use. the um the first one I ever saw was the bad horsey, which uh, Steve Vi made. Not a great sounding yeah. pedal, but cool that you could turn it on. I have a weeping demon. I was gonna say, the funniest thing is when your friend sits in on your wah-wah pedal and they're trying to click it
0: on, but there's no button. They're, they're stepping with all their might. <laughs> Luckily, they make those things strong because I've seen people get on my Wawa pedal and just like s- try and stomp that shit and see if they can <laughs> get
2: it to click, but there's no click. I don't like the click. I don't like the click. The click is drama. And as you can tell, I'm a low drama mama. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was asked, do you think the wah-wah pedal is a crutch? And I have, there's something that I'm at war with in the world of guitar playing right now. I'm at war with this idea of good taste. I have been asked if I, if, if the I use the, if the, the, the wah-wah pedal is a crutch for guitar players. And I said, there's no such thing. And how dare you even ask me that question? Who do you think you are inviting me to do press with you? And you ask me that question? How dare you? How dare you? and it's part of my war on good taste in guitar playing i think the guitar has become a little bit like museumified so there's there's good guitars and bad guitars and there's all these reasons and good playing and tasteful playing and even music that was once quite aggressive and seemingly was about being out of control for instance the blues which is about passion and pathos or heavy metal which is about a kind of explosion of sound there's all these ideas of taste that come in. Oh, that's tasteful. That's not tasteful. very, some in some ways, on the internet with the guitar, has become very um, more grandma than I am. <laughs> very, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and, mm, 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 yeah, you're not supposed to do that. That's not the right way. And mm, very, um, yeah, very sissy. I don't know how else to put it. Just very yeah. mm, simpering and mm, mm, and uh, anal retentive. And um, I think people need to get off that. Uh, I'm off of it. And so I have been saying, use the wah-wah pedal. I use the wah-wah pedal for my own pleasure. I play guitar for myself, for my own joy. And so someone said, well, you know, uh, Kirk Hammett is the number one abuser of the wah-wah pedal. And I said, no, I am. And I challenged him to a wah-off. And he accepted in the Instagram comments. Fantastic. Epic. So what happened? How did you guys end up in Columbia, North Carolina? Well... Of course, the whole challenge was put out about a year ago. It took a long time, and people kept saying, when's it happening? Kirk Hammett, not sure if you know this, is a busy person. Um, He's got a lot on his plate. And I commenced to interface with his team and also with the Metallica HQ team um, to figure out how to make this happen. And I have to say, what a great bunch of people. And it, you know, it, it happened of most of all because Kirk was willing to do it and was got the joke and was in on it, but it also happened because members of his team thought it was a super fun idea and they just wanted wanted it to happen because, you know, he has, is pulled in so many directions, right? So he has a traveling art show of his monster movie posters, and there was um, a display at the museum in Columbia, South Carolina, Uh and a show with his cover band, The Wedding Band. And they do all the fun songs that you would hear at a wedding. And it's a fun side project. And so they thought, let's do, you know, of course my dream was to be on stage, you know, in Sao Paulo with Metallica for 500,000 people. (laughs) That's everyone's dream, isn't it? Um, that could also become a nightmare if you're not used to performing in front of 500,000 people. Right. So I was I was glad to have something a little more my speed. You're telling me about his band that was going to play. The wedding band, such a wonderful group of peoples. Band is fantastic. They're absolutely wonderful. All tremendous players, top-notch fellows as well. And we rehearsed it. Uh, we set it up a little bit like a professional wrestling match. Um, we wanted it to be theatrical. We wanted it to be over the top. Kirk showed up with the giant Wawa pedal. I'll give you the video, you can cut it in. When you say giant, I mean like literally, it was like the
0: size of like a old fashioned meat locker or something like he was standing on it and he had his
2: little Wawa, his regular Wawa on top of it. That was classic. And I had Sweetwater build me this ultimate pedal board of doom, which included every Dunlop Wawa that I wanted, as well as four Wawa pedals in one that had a metal plate on top to operate all four simultaneously. So you were literally had four Wawa's on, and they're all the auto on.
0: So the second you step on that, they all turn on, right? Just like we were talking about. I- That's right. The second you step on it, it all just goes crazy. So what were your nerves like? I mean, that's kind of a that was a rowdy crowd too. Like you had to kind of win the crowd over. I've seen the video.
2: Well, I was quite nervous at first because I thought I don't know these Metallica types. They they seem like rough. You know, I don't. I couldn't tell. Do these people have jobs? Um, Do they have any human connections? Are they just headbanging all day long? And then when I went into the audience, I realized oh. These people, a lot of them, they're families. The the dad and or the mom was into Metallica. Now the kids like the band. It's a family affair. People were very much in on the joke. And they were teasing me, you're going to lose, Mrs. Smith, or we're rooting for you, Mrs. Smith. And I would say, you know, if you want me really to win, then you'd buy one of these t-shirts over here because that's how I'm going to afford my chicken Caesar salad later tonight. <laughs> so... <laughs> So going out beforehand, which I like to do anyway at a show, it helped. It eased my nerves a lot because I thought, what if I go out there and they really are booing me, not fun booing me, but mean booing me, or maybe they won't accept the type of lady that I am, the the unique and and eccentric lady that I am. They loved it. I came out trash-talking Kirk. He came out with his giant wah-wah pedal. Um, The guitar techs were there. God, what I can tell you to have Chad Z, guitar tech to James Hetfield in my corner. You know, before I went on stage, I was back there talking to my manager, uh, Ben Weinman, formerly of Dillinger Escape Plan, and I was getting nervous. My palms were sweating. And Chad came up to me and he said, uh, may I have that guitar, please? And I said, yes, of course. And he t- he took it away, went and tuned it and then brought it back to me. And I thought, this is what it's like to be a rock star. I could get used to this. Yeah. <laughs> what a deer. <laughs> so they they embraced me, and everyone in the team was so wonderful. Tony, who's so fantastic. Tony is like the fifth member of Metallica. And, of course, Kirk is just as sweet a fellow as you could ever hope. To go along with this, to really do this, and I kept saying to you, of course, I'm always doing outsized cabaret performances. Big, big stage movements. And I thought, I know he's a little on the shy side. I think he's the shyer member of that rock group. I, I watched interviews. He's a low-key fellow offstage. stage. And I thought, I hope he doesn't, you know, just... I hope I, I don't want to blow him away with my theatrical outrageousness. Boy, he showed me a thing or two. <laughs> and as soon as I was on stage, I said... Of course, he's going to be fantastic. He's used to performing for fifty thousand people. He knows how to throw it to the back row. Yeah. So I took a few, and he was doing karate moves with me. We made that up on stage. I got yeah. into that. He was wearing and a cape. He's wearing a cape. One of one of his staff members was sewing the cape minutes before he went on. And of course, everything is a ghoulish theme with him because he loves the monster films. And uh, we had such a great time. And then afterwards, of course, I won. And then afterwards, um, it was so wonderful to spend time with the fans. Was he a gracious loser? Very gracious. You can watch the video. Everyone, check out the video on my YouTube. And then after we chit chatted, um, we talked about guitar. We he asked, "How did you? How, who are you? Where did you come from? You crazy lady." And then. Um, We made a video for Steve Vai. Now, of course, people who know the world of Shred Guitar know that Kirk Hammett and Steve Vai share a guitar teacher. Of course, that's Joe Satch Triani. Yeah. So we, and I uh, have sometimes a little bit email with Steve a little bit. We have a little correspondence uh, every now and then. And I said, let's make a video for Steve where we say we want him to wah more. We love his wah-wah tone. Because I think really the king of wah tone is Steve Vai. Yeah. And so we made a funny video for him and sent it to him and he loved it. It was so much fun.
0: What did he tell you in the, one of those emails? That his fans are
2: approaching him like... Oh, they think that he is... He is mrs smith that he is somehow adopting an elaborate costume and perhaps makeup and transforming his body and his voice and his mind to become me and i thought that is just a well of course we both play guitars with handles i don't always play this guitar but i was seen playing this on the sidewalk we're both great fans of the dorian mode (laughs) We both have very pronounced cheekbones. Of course, mine are due to contour makeup. Uh, but I'm five foot eight. Do you yes, solemnly swear? I'm so sorry, sorry. Do you solemnly swear that you are not Steve Vai? I am not Mr. Steve Vai because if I was, I would have. I would be a professional apple picker because he's so tall.
0: <laughs> yes, he's. I've been to his house. He's got awesome trees right by his home studio.
2: <laughs> he reaches out and his arm goes. And then his fingers go, whoop, whoop. Yeah. So I, I have met him. He's very sweet and he's very kind about it. He said he won't correct the record just to keep the mystique going. <laughs> but I think it says a lot about him as an artist that people would assume he would be capable of such an outlandish characterological affair. Uh, he is, I believe, the most creative of that set they're all good guitar players, but he's the one that really pushes the envelope with theatricality and out- outlandish storylines. So not surprising. And he gets done some amazing music, too. I think like the
0: uh, Zappa influence and like what's his little his song, The Little Green Men or something? It just blows my mind yes. right from back in the That's day. That's what I
2: emailed him about. I emailed him about because, of course, the UFOs have turned up in The New York Times. And I said, this is it. The military's released the footage. He said, you called it, Steve. How, how long ago? You were ahead of your time. Of course, he's ahead of his time in so many ways. And he's become a great ambassador for the guitar, and he is doing a lot of live streams these days, and he's been very encouraging to me. Um, and so, you know, we he's amazing. Just an amazing artist. Now, what year was your gem made? I, I think you mentioned, but that's got the actual fabric top on it, doesn't it? This is the OG Frozen. fabric Frozen. gem. Frozen. Okay, so it, this is... Oh, my God. It just said my internet connection is unstable.
0: As long as... As long as your mental state is stable.
2: Never. <laughs> there you want we a shred.
0: go.
2: I'm a big fan of chromatic notes with a blues scale. Yeah, me too. Let's get into it. Of course, that's a Dorian lick. Yeah Now I'm not I'm not an alternate picker I don't believe in it I think it's chauvinist Um, You don't believe in it Because of what? I think alternate picking Is chauvinist
0: Oh really? How so?
2: Well they think They're so much better Than everybody else I think it's I mean, I've always been more of an alternate picker myself,
0: and maybe that's because Steve Morse was like one of my heroes, and I don't know. I just like the
2: rhythm of it. You get the kind of a funk thing, the back and forth. It is very, I call it the ball-peen-hammer sound. Ping, 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 (laughs) ping, 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 ping. ping. But I'm one to combine picking and pull-offs. This is another fun one.
0: Nice.
2: Go down right. the hole. Of course, the problem with the pentatonic is the two notes per string. So you go down. That's right? cool because you're getting the. Uh... You're getting double notes.
0: Yeah, you're getting. Yeah. You're getting the note on the E string, same note on the B.
2: Yeah it's, yeah, it's like more bang yeah. for your buck. And then if you're going... It's really... And then you can just go down the whole pentatonic. Of course, I can only do that up there because my fingers are so small. Another fun thing is to always... Always work those modal sounds into the blues. I always go back to the blues. It's always pentatonic is the bass. Those five notes. But then I'll pull in a little. This is the blue note. And then I'll so I'll, I'll throw in a little Dorian. And then throw in a little Mixolydian. And that's and then you have your little arpeggio shapes. You know what I'm saying? You can do those little shapes.
0: Now, if you were on the, I don't know where your favorite busking spots are, but you helped get established by uh, becoming a street busker in New York City and other places. What w- if you were on, I don't know, Thompson Square Park or something? Where, what would you be shredding on right now if you were just suddenly transported there busking again?
2: I, I love to play with tracks. I just love to. L- what the great pleasure with busking was the sort of forced practice of it. Because what happens when you're busking, and, and this is when I realized that in busking, I had um, a kind of superpower uh, when it came to performing at the NAM show. I've been to the NAM show once, and I went with Mesobarba Amplification. It's an Italian amp company. And yeah. someone said to me, oh, people have nervous breakdowns when they perform at NAM. It's so nerve-wracking. And when I started to play, I thought, this is a sidewalk. People are walking by. And what can <laughs> disturb some people, if you're a performer that's accustomed to everyone staring at you and being the center... What you realize when you're busk is that some people just don't give a darn. They're not going to watch you. Or they look at you and think, they, they make a face like, are they like that? Like, like, or they put their hands up, like, horrible. What's that horrible noise? And then other people are captivated. So the busking was almost like training for me.
0: Yeah, that's like a real slice of America, whatever. That's the real slice of the population walking right by.
2: I was doing it in a resort town called Provincetown, mostly known as a gay enclave on Cape Cod. So that was a very open-minded set of people. But there were also the day-trippers from Cape Cod, just whatever, families and whatever. The kids loved it. The dads loved it. You could tell when there was a r- classic rock boomer dad because <laughs> I'd be there doing Voodoo Child. <laughs> and they'd be walking by, and, the, and the, the dad would say to the other kids, hold it, stop, stop, stop. And then they'd watch, and they'd go... And they'd fold their arms. Wait, wait, hold on a second. I want to see this. And they'd cross their arms. I had one man come right up to me, stand right next to me, and then look at the strings. <laughs> You're not really playing. You're pretending to play along.
0: Isn't that crazy? Like, I was interviewing Kat Dyson. I know you love cats. And she's she's played with Prince and Cyndi Lauper and all these people. And she talked about when, back in the day... Someone actually came up to her on stage at a club and, like, went up to her amp to, like, see if she was actually plugged into her amp. I thought that was astounding. I'm glad things have changed. Now,
2: is the the idea that a woman can't play like that? Is that it? Or just anybody? That's what I took
0: from what she was telling me, that they doubted that because she was female that she could have been playing what they were hearing.
2: Listen, this is, you know, a, a problem across the board. I mean... uh. You know, the guitar belongs to everybody and people play the guitar differently based on who they are. They have a right to play it however they like. So the uh, the busking was great training. I also spent a lot of time, more time playing than I had ever done before. And you just, you can't, you can't poop out because you're there, you bothered to set up. Well, I'm going to play through these tracks and no one's paying attention or now there's a crowd. Okay, i got to change the song. I really kick kick butt. Right. I
0: can totally see how that would be great training for playing like on one of the main thoroughfares of Nam, where people are just cruising by. <laughs> you also ended up shredding on walking on water, basically, in this fantastic Hungarian fountain in Budapest in a Gucci commercial. That's quite a, a, a coup to be invited to be in such a prestigious brand.
2: Well, Gucci is, uh, yes, it was a kind of commercial. It was a, a digital film, a digital short film. Right. Gucci is a pretty highfalutin brand. I don't wear Gucci, really, but um, I was spotted playing guitar on the sidewalk by a fashion Are you more of a Prada Patrick person? Collins. or
0: <laughs> Chanel. Oh, okay. You know, for those who are interested. So, yeah, what happened? Yes.
2: So, I was scouted by this, um, uh, g- by uh, Petra Collins. I Where was were playing you on playing? the sidewalk.
0: In New York City? Where? What In, in New York City, what, yeah. which Tompkins
2: Square Park. Gotcha. Yes, I was playing on the sidewalk. And um, Patrick Collins asked me to be in her Gucci commercial. So I said, absolutely, I'd love to. We flew to Budapest. Um, We filmed it over two days. I was there for two days. And it was fantastic. I got to stay in the Four Seasons. It was like something out of a fantasy. Wow. First class airfare? No. Oh, come on, I upgraded myself, though. Yeah, there you go. That's what it's all about. Um, yeah, that was great fun. Uh, people can have a look at that video. It's also on YouTube. It's not fake. It's real. Um, so you really are. I wouldn't, are... Lie. I wouldn't, li- I wouldn't <laughs> lie about that. You're really walking on water? <laughs> ah, yes. Well, that was nerve wracking. And I brought two guitars with me. I brought this and I had a white handle guitar. It's now an Eddie Van Halen guitar. It's behind me. You can yeah, see it I on see the that. wall.
0: That's amazing. That's like a, a gem with the handle and everything, but it's a Frankenstein, red, white, and black.
2: You can't have it. Dang, that was my next What's question. What's your
0: favorite Van Halen riff? Oh, well, my favorite is probably Mean Street. Not just, not just the, the main riff, but also the groove. So mean, it's so kick-ass. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) He's got the group. My
2: favorite has to be... Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not playing it
0: correctly because that's drop D. Yeah. It's drop D and it's an E flat. So it's actually... That's right. So it's drop blue, blue, blue. Yeah, you know, I mean, when I first heard that song, I was 11 years old and I just thought... Those guys sound like the most cocky, arrogant bastards, but God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> they have a reason
2: to be cocky. Well, the other thing, I mean, what? there's so many things that we love in this one riff. Now, again, I'm not playing it correctly. I mean, we love that, that, we love that sus, yeah. four, what is it called, sus four? Yeah. And then the, the the flanger on that, yeah, it the way it revolves and rotates and it's like a it, it an, it's announcing itself. Here it comes! It's coming! Oh my gosh, man! And yeah. it's just one guitar, bass, <sighs> drums, and David Lee Roth in the background. All right, yeah. bah, bah, nah. I am and then so it with kicks you. It. It's like pure adrenaline.
0: There's so much I love about that song. Like, the way that in the verse, he just... It's like like he's just kind of shooting from the hip. Like, it's so loose, and it's not all planned out. But I'm also really interested in how songs seem to originate from other songs. To me, that sounds very suspiciously similar, like a high-octane version of the same kind of raw materials as the Stones, which is, you know...
2: That's Street Fighting Man?
0: It's Jumpin' Jack Flash, I think. Oh, Jumpin' Jack Flash. No, 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 it's not Jumpin' Jumpin' Jack Flash. It's Brown Sugar. Street
2: Fighting Man. Oh, Brown Sugar. Okay, they all kind of sound the same. (laughs) Um, Yes, well, I I think that... um, I've had a theory that Edward Van Halen is slightly older than most of that shred guitar player generation. Steve Vai was telling a story on his live stream where he was like 14 and he heard Eruption. Well, that means... You know, Edward Van Halen is at least what ten years older than him, right? Yeah, I don't know. He's he, Eddie was Something only, like
0: that. Eddie was only like twenty when he recorded that, twenty-one, which is mind-boggling.
2: Right, but those little those little ch- differences in age where a generation break happens can be very important. Right, and I think he's more in, in, in influenced by classic by rock and roll, the Chuck Berry style rock and roll, R and B. There's so much groove in Edward Van Halen's. Swing too, so much swing in his rhythm playing. Yeah. It's almost impossible to replicate. It's very hard to copy. If you don't, I don't tend to play with a lot of swing, so it's very, it's like a foreign language to me. Um, the way, and the coordination with the drummer, of course, his brother.
0: Yeah. Phil X, who is recently on the show, yeah, he just did a whole YouTube video trying to understand the Eddie Van Halen swing.
2: It's, uh, it is a mystical thing. <laughs> it's just cool and it's what makes it it separates Van Halen from the um the kind of like yeah. more the just that glam metal. The glam metal is a little it's just yeah. harsher and more, they're more fun. To me, Van Halen just sounds more fun.
0: Now, speaking of generational things like things have changed so much since those days. Like now a big thing is being an internet guitarist, which I mean, you—you you definitely fall into that category in a lot of ways because you've amassed tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. Again, it's Smith Cat MRS. MRS. Is there a by the way? Is there a Mister Smith? They die of suspicious. Mister
2: Smith has passed away a long time ago. Thanks for bringing up a really depressing feature of my life, which is that I'm totally alone, I'm except so for sorry these podcast interviews that I do with people. That I wonder, do they really care? Oh, forgive me. Uh, I, I care. I really do. <laughs> um I there is no Mr. Smith um and I'm I'm just done. I'm done. I've said goodbye to love. I can't do it anymore. I'm dead down there. I just can't I've I've spent so much time chasing the 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 male species, you know, and I can't do it anymore. I'm too old. I'm having fun with this. This yeah. is the only phallic symbol I need in my world. <laughs> um
0: the guitar will never Never desert you. I love that.
2: So yes, I did. the online scene has been my boon. It's been my my baby. It's been my it is it is te- is temptress, torturer, deliverer, it's everything. It's it's a it's a whole ba- a lot of stuff.
0: Do you have any tips for guitar players in general as to how to you know get, get it going with online and how to, you know, deal
2: with haters and stuff? I, I know that you you seem don't, to hand- don't go online. Stay I mean, follow me, but don't 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 try. Don't don't do it. It's terribly painful. Um, it's a waste of time. You know, spend time following me.
0: Oh, I say, so just just follow you online, but don't do anything else. I'm getting it.
2: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, yes. But wait, I, you said
0: that you get some delight out of it too. You mentioned all the wide spectrum of different. Emotions and and experiences with being online?
2: I often have to control my emotions. I mean, thank goodness the meds are working right now. Um, I'm on two, they're both mood stabilizers. They seem to be working. But there have been times where I have really gone up and down each side of the internet. You know, you can post something and it gets all of these views and likes, and people are filling up the comments, and it was a one off thing. You didn't even think about it. Then you can put all this time into another video people don't like it or they 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 will outright tell you what they want you to do and you've got to please them to keep them but then then you can resent them it's a very i think it's more feedback from an audience than an artist has ever had to absorb right and it requires a lot of mental discipline sometimes to not look to not look at the views, to not look at the comments. And yet the comments are also great fun because we're kidding around and I'm responding and then people love that when they when you respond to them. They light up and they they get a kick out of it. And you you might learn things from them. They might teach you something new about music or about a new artist. So it's a very I can't just say like, "Oh, it's great," and you know everyone should do it because I think that there's also problems with the online guitar world. Um, right. It can be very mean. Now I don't tend to get that. Pe- people are following me because they like something different. Okay, so now if Guitar World posts a story about me, you're going to see a lot of mean. I don't read those comments, but when I post to my channel, people are following me because they like something different. But it can be very mean and judgmental. It can also be just too much outrageously amazing perfect guitar playing which can intimidate people. <laughs> you, you you're also dumb. I'm not talking about myself. I'm not talking about myself. Oh, I thought you know, you- I'm talking about Rick Graham and you know other people who are just so good and so out this out of this world you just want to throw the guitar away. Well, do you also
0: find like for me like sometimes all social media will sometimes I'll have days where I'm just like called to it all day long to interact and post new stuff and like post on, there's five different platforms now, like with TikTok and we all have multiple pages and, and, and it's actually almost like an attention deficit kind of thing where it's tugging at me. But luckily there's plenty of days when it doesn't. How do you deal with the, uh, having two brains? One is the creative that's actually doing real stuff in the real world. And the other is calling you to
2: your phone. I am am having to learn because originally this project started on the sidewalk was almost totally a project of artistic creation. And then the following started to grow. And I remember the first few times when I got a lot of comments from people that I didn't know. (laughs) So where it went from kind of friends or colleagues or whatever, people that I know. To all of a sudden, it's like, wait, I don't know these people, and can I trust them? And it then becomes, it takes on a life of its own. It can be very dangerous, and I believe last year I had a, a an actual nervous breakdown. I can't say it was caused by the internet or, or Instagram, but I was posting almost every day. I was gaining a thousand followers a week. The whole Kirk Hammett thing was brewing. There was so much going on, and yet I have struggled to create outside of that. And so um, I had to take a break uh, for a month from it. And then of course people are, where are you? Are you okay? And then you don't get the, the. you're sort of out of the algorithm or something. It's very, it's very difficult. Interesting. Yeah. I, I will not misportray it here. I won't, a lot of people, they will, um o- you know, only give one point of view on it. But, I will say that I believe it is a force for good and it has real drawbacks. So people need to perceive a caution. As players and hobbyists, I'm assuming a lot of your followers are hobbyists. They have families, they have jobs, they've got other lives. I, If they're trying to progress in their playing, I encourage people to maybe choose one guitar lesson video to watch and focus on that and then spend a lot of time with the instrument alone but put the phone away put the computer away cuz what i tell my what i find with my students is that they're watching so much outrageous guitar playing that they get demotivated but because those guitar players never show what it took to get there right hours and hours and hours and so they just think oh well they're just born that way and that's not the case at all well i'm
0: old enough that we didn't have phones or internet so i was basically locked in the closet when i was a teenager too (laughs) so we and you know how beneficial it was yes that's you know how beneficial it was yeah so before our interview when i was researching you i found a video that i took of of a a silver-haired lady with a walker on the hollywood boulevard i took that about
2: 10 years ago is that you It was not me. I don't need a walker. I can walk. (laughs) I go for, in fact, the only walking I do is power walking in a jumpsuit. (laughs) I think that this, I understand the idea behind this act. A kind of granny is shredding. The contrast between granny and shredding. Um, I'm nobody's grandmother. Um, I'm your auntie if you want me to be. Um, I'm not broken down and old and decrepit. I'm, I'm vital. I'm full of vigor and vim. I'm a socialite, and she looks like trash. And she can't
0: shred like you. I mean, let's be real here. That, that was really That's what was the dead giveaway to me. Even though the video was blurry, it was not happening the same way. She's a
2: basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. just, look what you made me do. I'm so You've sorry. you got to put a beep over that. You have to put a beep over
0: it. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you did you have some white wine there in the break or something? Like, had
2: <laughs> <I, no. laughs> uh, white wine popsicles. <laughs> I... I
0: but I want to ask you. So you've done one-woman shows and and cabaret shows, off Broadway and stuff. What's your current thing with that? Do you have anything going coming up, or what was that experience like?
2: Anything going right now? Uh, no, well, <laughs> not I mean, New like, York City. Um,
0: <laughs> or in the works. I mean.
2: Coming. Oh well, I did. You know, I did. I was supposed to have. Um, I was set to have a gig at the fabulous Iridium, and it was canceled because uh-huh. of the virus. Yeah. And how grateful am I that Music Cares had a grant application where you could apply for replacement funds for that? Because that was I was planning on that you know being income, so uh, to buy more jewels. So <laughs> I had a gig at the Iridium canceled. I had interest from a festival in Ireland. I was so excited about this because I've never been to Ireland. I've been to Budapest to perform. Vienna, I performed in um, Vienna, Austria, and then I performed in Italy. But I've never been to Ireland, and I'm half Irish. That's the um, alcoholic half. The British half is the crazy half. And so I was really interested in that. Again, I don't think it'll happen. It's in the fall, but the invitation was there um, with a, a good guarantee and offer of accommodations and travel. So when I perform this type of show... That like where I would be performing to Ireland, I don't bring a band with me because it just is not cost-effective at this point. Mm-hmm. So I perform with backing tracks and videos, and right. we have a projector, and I tell stories, and then I play songs, and then I interact with the audience. People come up and play with my whammy bar. <laughs> <laughs> so we, it's a very it's a it's an exchange. It's an, ex- yeah. an, an encounter. And I've done it all over the country, all over the world, different sized venues. I've done it in New Orleans, Atlanta, L.A., Boston, Montreal. I've also done clinic versions of it. And it's great fun because to me, it's, it's my own little beast. It's my own style. I, you know, I'm not going to necessarily just get up there and play nonstop. I love the exchange.
0: Well, you know, right now the gigs are shut down, but there's nothing stopping you from just going downstairs with a mask on and maybe getting back to some busking again.
2: That is true. I could busk. I'm sure the folks here in Brooklyn would appreciate that. At 7 o'clock, they might do it soon. They start screaming out of their windows. Yeah. Maybe your neighbor's with Alex Skolnick from Testament, who is... Recently- oh, I just changed this light. Yes, I am. we are neighbors. Oh, hold on. I just changed this light.
0: Yeah, he was look, like, that's pretty dope. Look at that.
2: Look at that. Yeah, I see. Look you at got- that. Look at that. That
0: is so cool. It's all the way across the room. Multiple colors.
2: Well, this one, I have one right here. Oh, okay. But I'm going to make this one white, okay? This one white, and then this one red. That's dope. There.
0: Where, where do you shop for your <laughs> furnishings? Oh, I got. I wish I hadn't, but I got it from Amazon. What? Whatever happened... Did the captors in Norway ever get paid by the marshmallow magnet or how did you get out?
2: No, the marshmallow magnet did not pay. And that's why I had to learn the guitar to play my way out of that closet, join the band, take over the band, ultimately to destroy the band. Uh Destroy the band meant just to get out, get free. But in, in that process of destruction, they fell in love with me. I came to occupy a strange figure in their psyche a kind of psychosexual devouring mother figure. I said, I don't want this. I'm not your devouring mother. I'm no one's devouring mother. And so all of this was occurring mixed in with this psychotic music and fans chasing us and us driving through the countryside at night in a black van with tinted windows. They had the guns. I never carried a gun. Jude, I never carried a gun and I never burned down a church. But they ultimately died in a fire. That's
0: so tragic. Was it explained or or was there was there suspicious circumstances?
2: They died in a fire. That's that's the song about it. <laughs> I, I like it. I mean
0: it's tough. So you were never
2: in any way implicated? No. And it's not just because I kind of, you know, when Interpol showed up, of course, I crumbled. I was in tears. I mean, I was watching them through the window in the in the safe house, the flames. And I. the door was locked from the inside. They locked themselves in. And there were bars to keep me from escaping. Now the bars trapped them. Wow. And, of course, they were the ones who worshipped hell, not me. I didn't worship hell. I didn't worship hell. I didn't worship hell. (laughs) They did. Wait, let me... (laughs) Wow. I didn't worship hell. (laughs) So there I was looking through the window. Oh, my God. As the flames rose, and the lead guitar player, who, again, was obsessed with me, also hated me, and I didn't care for him because I was better than him, and he pressed his hands, and his hands were melting into the glass And I said, I'm so sorry, I can't help you, and he just melted, skin melting, the screams. And I thought, now they know what hell is really like. Wow, wow. Pardon my French,
0: but that is so fucking metal. What a way to go. Thank you, I I agree, I agree. A very metal death there. Um, Very ironic that those bars that they used to imprison you, imprisoned them in their last moments.
2: Locrian, Locrian, (laughs) Locrian, is that the name of your niece or something?
0: Uh, Yeah, Locriana. (laughs)
2: Locriana. Uh, (laughs) Well, Jude, this was so fantastic. You're such a a kind person. I I
0: wore my LA, New York, but in the ACDC font with the lightning bolt in between.
2: Look at you. Since
0: I'm in LA and you're in New York today, it's been great fun. Keep it alive to your uh, 105 for sure.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Let's have a little exchange. Come on, go, give me something. <laughs> awesome thank you buddy
0: all right you stay safe oh thank you you stay safe too